Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the latest episode of Walking Night. I don't know why I just blinked out there for a second. <laughs> Sorry about that. Totally forgot where I was for a moment. Um, yeah, welcome to Walking Night, your bi weekly USL League One review show. I'm your host, as always, Elliot Barr, and is joining me is a guy that Team is in a dumpster fire. The coach is being more messier than Kim Kardashian after a breakup with Kanye West. And he seemed to have pissed off the whole state of Michigan. Is there anything else I'm forgetting before I introduce you? I'm sure there's something. But I'm just going to say everyone had it coming. This is also true. They had it coming. It's Mr. Kyle Carr. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. Otherwise, you know, if I got a whole state and fan base pissed off at me, so be it. It's not my fault that they ha- it was their own words, not mine. It is what it <laughs> Just is. Just vibing. Just vibing. I feel you. I feel you. Um, you might be wondering where's that third co-host? She actually is the richest among us. Um, she decided to go to Cincinnati to go watch the USA and Mexico fight. I don't know why. But she decided to go up to that game. She is apparently drunk, having a great time talking to Jermaine Jones. So definitely drunk. Definitely talk to Jermaine Jones. Definitely enjoying life. Can't, yeah. can't be mad about that. Can't at all. Vibe it out, Ep. Vibe it out. Vibe it out. Oh, Cal. <laughs> real quick, before we go talking about these playoff matchups, uh, these playoff reviews, everything that's going on with the team of the season. Uh, how Union Omaha fans are pissed yet again, how Fort Madison fans are in despair, how Chattanooga fans feel as if something's not going right, and how Richmond Kickers fans are just like, well, thank God that's done. (laughs) Where do we need to start off with? I I think we need to first really focus on this Madison and Chattanooga situation. So real quick, I try to reach out to the soccer chat guys to figure out what happened and see if they have any uh, indication they didn't get back to me in time. I definitely did hit them up late. <laughs> but, Kyle, since you are the Madison supporter on the podcast, oh, can you just give us a little background of what happened in that situation? So, I'm yeah, I'm going to go from what I know. So, I don't know everything. Here's what I know happened. I was on the ad board right behind the goal. So, I am as close to the field as a fan can be. At the end of the match, there was a corner oh, came Kyle, in. Real quick. Oh my god. Oh man. <laughs> we have we have one, two, three, four, five drunk things. Well, I was gonna say if if the reason why our viewership is down this week. I ain't saying it, but I ain't denying it. <laughs> that, folks, is why USL League One is the greatest league in the world. <sighs> Shit. All right, Kyle. <laughs> you want to finish up what you were saying, my friend? Yeah. Well, I'm just getting started. So, yeah, I don't know everything that's going on. So, I am going to preface that. So, the ball comes in for the corner. Phil Brino makes a save. Ball's. There's a chaos in the box as Chattanooga's trying to equalize. Um, and then the whistle blows. And I look and I see Phil Brino. He's, you know, blowing kisses to the fans. You know, just ref blew the whistle. Match ended. Madison wins. 
And then there was a Chattanooga player, and I think one of Audi Jepson or Justin Suko get into a shoving match. One player shoves. Then there's this argument, and all of a sudden, I'm looking, and there's just a everyone's just shoving each other at this point. So there's just a bunch of shoving. I don't know what I, you know, it was a chippy match. I mean, players are definitely getting kicked. Obviously, Chattanooga is playing with a lot of emotion because they're trying to clinch the second seed and they lose. Florida Madison's last game of the season at home in front, and all this is happening in front of the flock end. So all I know is there was shoving. There's a bunch of shoving. There's players getting each other's faces. I tried rewatching the match. And I don't know, I didn't even know there was an investigation until the league put out a statement saying there we had an investigation. And I and I don't know what could have happened. So I am going to say that right now. Now, I think two things potentially happen. One, there was a claim that there was racial abuse and the league did a thorough investigation talk to the Madison players and coaches, talk to the Chattanooga players and coaches, talk to the referees. No one is able to confirm that this happened. USL just doing their due diligence and it didn't happen. That's probably at best the scenario. And I hope that is a scenario on the other side. If there was, if a Madison player said something to a Chattanooga player and vice versa, and they are going to the league, and the league has, they talked to the Madison players in Chattanooga, talked to the uh, Madison Chattanooga players, talked to the refs, talked to the coaches. Nothing is substantiated. Nothing is confirmed. I would feel upset because then there is a player that was racially abused and neither the opposing team, his own teammates, the ref, or the league believe them. I don't know which one it is. I can't again I I don't know. I hope it is that they did the league did their due diligence and made sure that this didn't happen. But I can't I cannot say from my perspective what it could have been cuz I don't even know who's saying said what. Um all I know is there's chaos at the end of the match, there's a bunch of shoving. And that's really all I know. Could something have happened? I wouldn't be surprised. Like, something could have been said. Possibly, yes. But, I mean, if both side, if both players, if the players on both teams are saying nothing happened and the refs are saying nothing happened and they checked the audio and video and nothing happened, I have to hope for, the, I have to try and be optimistic that nothing did happen. Maybe there was a lot of swearing and foul language. Sure, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. But in terms of if something if a racial slur was said, I hope that's not true. That's really the best I can say about it. Yeah, I mean, because like I said, I had no clue there was even an investigation. Like there was no indication that there was going to be an investigation until the league tweeted it, and I was like, oh, okay. And there was just a lot of shoving. Like it started in the penalty box, and then it got pretty much to midfield by the end of it. So when this could have even happened is also a big, I don't know. Cause it could have been right when the whistle blew. It could have been later on when the shoving was at midfield. Like who, I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say this. I, when 
when the league tweeted out that something happened, I was taken aback. I was like, wait, what? So I went back and tried to rewatch the game. You can't hear it on audio. Only thing you see is really Malloy kind of flexing and y'all picking up your goalkeeper. Um, the Chattanooga player seems to be visibly frustrated. They're shoving on, on. They're trying to move um, Malloy out of the way. So it's really hard to tell what happened. Um, so if you know, hey, you know, feel free to share the story. Let us know what what this was. Um, first and foremost, as you know, we're three black hosts. We don't condone racism. That shouldn't have to be said. But um, at the end of the day, it's really sad that someone felt like they were being racially abused. Um, and we hope that those who ever felt that way hope that they know they have people around them to support them. Um, yeah, I think so, that's kind of the big part that gives me a bigger bummer is if it was if someone did get racially abused and their teammates aren't even standing up and saying, yeah, that happened. Then it would, at the very least, give me a better indication of who said what or what happened. But it sounds like even though their own teammates, and it's just, it sucks. Because if it, it did happen and their teammates can't even try and defend them, then it's like, well, shit. I feel bad for this individual. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Kyle, are you ready to uh, take a little small break from that? I know that was heavy to open up the show up with. I know. Yeah. We got we to gotta cl- cl- we gotta, we gotta go back to our roots. We do. Right? We do. We do. We got to piss off the fan base. <laughs> Are you ready to go and talk about these this past week's uh, host of games and how depressed and sad I was all at the same time? Yeah, we can go into it because I, I think we got two very different games. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, we did. Um, and I think the games kind of met the vibes of both of all the teams. I mean, let's start off with Chattanooga, North Texas, 2-1 in extra time. Kyle, I'm going to be honest with you, I was really scared for Chattanooga. I I mean, all of us picked Chattanooga to lose this game, so we'll eat our crow. Um, but we had fair earnest. We had we had fair reasons to believe so. Um, for those who watched the game, know that Chattanooga's boogeyman happened to be North Texas. And I, I gotta say, when Brian Brian Camungo scored in the 67th minute, and then the red card happened in 108, I was really thinking, I was like, oh, North Texas is about to steal this. And Julian um, Gallardes, he, he scored a winner. He scored a winner in the 113 minute. How many times have we seen that from him? But Kyle, real quick, what was your thoughts watching this game? I mean, it started with an own goal, and I was like, oh, maybe Chattanooga's going to, you know, get themselves together. And then North Texas gets a red card. And for every other team, when you get a red card, normally that is bad news for you. But for North Texas, that doesn't matter. So I'm thinking at some point, this is going North Texas is going to equalize. Like I, I don't know why, but it seems like North Texas just plays better when they're down to ten men. They have that vibe about them, man. They have that they, vibe they don't care at this point. So no, it, no. It, vibes and match, vibes only. Right as the match got on, and then North Texas eventually equalized. I was like, okay, there it is. And this was one of those. I feel like. Chattanooga's the, the longer this goes, the worse it gets for Chattanooga. And yeah. then they got the red card, and I was like, the second yellow to turn into a red, and I was like, "Oh man, this is this is the last thing Chattanooga needed." And I mean, they got the goal late, which felt like classic Chattanooga, but it was one of those where it's like, I don't know about this. This is as the match went on, I was feeling less and less confident for Chattanooga 
than I was for North Texas. Oh, I yeah. thought North Texas would have stolen at the end. I, but... I was definitely feeling really like nervous for Chattanooga just because of the fact of like is that thing of they're starting to let outside things starting to affect them. Like they felt like chat like North Texas was getting chippy and getting into them and they were allowing you know North Texas to get away with some stuff. And you could just see like it was starting to piss it was starting to piss Chattanooga it pissed them off and also they were pushing Hot. I don't think I've ever seen Chattanooga play that high up the field. And this is the no. team that plays high. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there was one point where really, like, Ramos was almost in the spot of like where a CDM normally is. Like, they were that's how high. They were playing. It was to the point where I was like, if this was against Tucson, this would be the worst idea you could ever throw out there tactically. But it was enough. But yeah, they were high up the pitch, and they were just. In North Texas' zone, which good on them, but I was just thinking there's no way this is sustainable. No, there is no way no, they no. can keep going. And if you look at the average positions on the USL uh, League One map, it confirmed. It was just like, yep, Chattanooga was a lot higher on the pitch than I think we would have expected. Yeah, no. And I also got to say, like, this game probably had the two hilarious red cards you'll ever see. Um, Lucy's red card. I don't know. I could. I know what he was doing, but he the execution was way off. So pretty much, he's going to the side, and he's trying to shove. I think it's Ortiz or Ricky Ruiz. And you know how you try to throw your shoulder? This man threw his <laughs> whole elbow into this man's face, and it was like, "What? A red card for what?" <laughs> it was Nikola, it was like Nikola Jokic coming in with the a forearm out of nowhere. It was like, and then he's trying to argue the records like. We all saw that. Yeah, we, we saw the elbow going to the face, dude. Like, we knew what you was trying to do. The execution was just poor. Yeah. And then Ray's red card, oh, my God. That is probably the funniest red card you will ever see. That man, <laughs> he's just trying to throw it in. And, like, he throws it at his chest. And he's like. <laughs> this is when you knew the match was just in terms of mentally both teams were just losing it. Because you know you're on a yellow card. Why would you do something like this? <laughs> right. Right. 100%. Like, what, at that moment, you don't. There's no point for it. Yeah, not. Not. And I understand, like, you're trying to throw the ball in quicker. You're trying to draw a foul or Texas and try to get a, a spot kick. But the way how the match was going, the way how everything was getting chippy up to that point, you got to know, like, I can't do that. Th- I can't risk that there. And now he's out for the game against Greenville. And, and I, I think. He's going to be a key component of, of them. You know, he's, he's going to be a key part of that team missing out. Yeah. Um, but once again, Mister Late Goal Juan Gallardas pops out of nowhere and stabs North Texas in the heart again. And I think this is when, it, the third time he's done this against them. I think that this is probably the second or third time. It's definitely at least the second. Which is insane. It, it, it is insane. <sighs> So, real quick, just to wrap this game, okay, we can move on to the next game that I definitely don't want to talk about. Um, What's your two takeaways from from these two teams? What what did you take away from North Texas? What did you take away from Chattanooga? I think what I took away from Chattanooga is it seemed they were able to find that late magic that had escaped them slash reverted to the mean um, previously. But I am cons- I would be concerned for Chattanooga because those are going to be some tired ass legs now. 
you just played 120 minutes and a grueling 120 minutes. Now you got to go to Greenville, a team that got the rest and basically had almost two. They had a rest the final week against North Carolina as well. So they've pretty much been on co- cruise control, coasting, relaxing. And now you got to go and battered, exhausted. And this is exactly why it was so important to get that two seed because you didn't want to go into a situation where you had to, now you played 120 minutes. Now I got to go on the road and play against a team that's had more or less two weeks to rest and prepare. It's tough. So, I mean, for but, you know, Chattanooga, I think, proves a lot of people wrong, and maybe they've gotten out of their fluke or their slump, whatever, in terms of North Texas. Yes, it is. We It's going to be weird not having MLS2 teams, but at the same time, North Texas was the only MLS2 team that consistently were competitive. They were consistently, and yes, they were inconsistent, but you knew consistently they were going to be a talented team. At the very least, they were going to be talented. And it will be weird not seeing North Texas. I'm not going to be bummed about it, but it's definitely weird that they're going to be exiting. I think this year was just more that they didn't have a difference maker. They didn't have a Damus. They didn't have a Pepe. They didn't have a Rodriguez. They didn't have a Bruce. They They just didn't have someone that can really come in and be a game changer. And I think that was kind of their biggest downfall is they didn't have that this season. Yeah, they, they, they were. De- you can tell they were definitely missing like a star striker, a star, a star scorer for them, or they even a star creator. Players. Yeah, because they had uh, Damus last year, the year before that, Papier, Damus, and uh, Arturo, Arturo, and Damus last year. Yeah, definitely this year was a little bit different. But I mean, you got to say over the three years, man, they've probably been the most consistent and probably best performing two team. They probably they probably also could have competed in the championship. And it yeah. would be great to see to see if they could have ever done do it. But and now they'll probably dominate MLS two, three, whatever that league is. So they'll probably dominate it. Probably so. Probably so. So we move on to the game that happened out in the desert. And let me say this first. I don't know if the SC Tucson admin finally discovered his password, but for the last two weeks, he's been talking spicy. A lot of teams realize they they they've been tweeting with their whole chest for the. A lot of teams have been doing that for the last month. Right. All of a sudden, ain't none come from FC Tucson. They've been polite. They've been nice. Now all of a sudden, uh, nope, not going to win. Nope, they're ready to say they ain't going to happen. Where this come from? Where this energy been? But at last, <sighs> Kyle, I'm gonna let well, you talk. energy be back next season. week. <laughs> Yeah, where that same energy at this week? Because they they had that same energy with you, your Omaha. I need that same energy, FC Tucson. Yeah, they had they had one tweet where they said where they mentioned because the last time they were in Omaha, they went and won. But it's like, okay, but more of that. So like, where is it? I need more. I need more. Like, what's the Kobe commercial? He's just like more, more, more. Just what does <laughs> what the fuck does that mean, Kobe? <laughs> more. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. I'm gonna let you talk about this game because I don't want to be favoritism and show my pissedivity. I'm not pissed. I, I've let it go. Um, but I'm gonna let you start talking about this game first. It was. It went exactly how I think we expected it to go, but at the same time, it felt as though it will be a big opportunity missed for Richmond. It was weird because early on, I was thinking, okay, maybe 
Tucson's going to try and just go, go, go from the start. And then they're just going to try their best. And then they're going to be fine with just sitting back. And they kind of did that. But at the same time, I also thought Richmond was going to think the same thing of we're going to try, but we're also going to sit back and we're just going to hope for the best. And it just felt as though Richmond just kept knocking and Richmond had all the, the best chances minus one. And it was just as it was kind of like the same thing as the match went longer i felt less confident in richmond because it's like well if none of these chances are going to happen when the fuck are you going to score it and that's kind of what i felt like it was one of those at some point you got you're gonna have to unlock this and you just couldn't and you had good chances and it just continued and then tucson just gets the late goal and it's just like after that happened i was like you could just feel the deflation happen and it didn't feel like there was going to be i i know you know, you try and make it some late subs to add some attacking oomph, you know, throwing on uh, Anderson, throwing on Pavone, like throwing guys at Bulldog later on. It felt like you were trying to go for that win, but it just never happened. And then Tucson gets the goal and then it's just like everything just crumbled after that. It was weird because it was definitely like a, you would have figured Richmond could have had two, maybe three goals and it just didn't come to fruition and i think if you replay that match maybe richmond wins more often than not but it it was weird it was like the opposite of the previous week where it was like neither team could defend and not and every goal was just more of a well that can't happen again while this week it was they can't not score that again right i don't know it was odd It, it definitely was weird and first of all let me just say this fc tucson is they are the team that I was not expecting <laughs> to be at the end of the year. They are not the team I was expecting at the end of the year. Um, definitely how their form started at the start of the year. But for this game, I was more thinking like, all right, we're going to see the same FC Tucson. And they had their chances early on. I think uh, Kofi, he had a shot early on to hit the crossbar. It was kind of like the same Trimingham goal. Uh, kind of just hit the crossbar and spacked out. But Bologna's had a headed piece in the what, second or third minute that he hits off frame. He had another one at the end of the goal. Uh, I mean, end of the half. Emmy had a plethora of chances. Ethan Bryant had chances. This is the first time I think this is probably the best role performance, despite the loss. And I'm not just trying to sweep like swing up shit or something like that. Like, no, like if you watch Richmond on the road this year, we have played like dog shit. If you listen to River City 93, I have called us out on the road because we have played like dog shit. <laughs> I.e., North Carolina for nothing. I think this is the best performance because not only did the kickers look competent in the midfield, I, I, like I said last week, I think the, the kickers are going to win this game based on how they do in the midfield and if they can control the wings. They did that. Calvo, who I've been on this whole season, did a good job of locking up Shaq Adams. Like Shaq Adams was not involved in this game. I don't remember his name being called. Like no, how he was, was not existent. It was mainly Corfi. Yeah. And I don't, you know, Cole did another good job. And even Cole was the one despite he gave up a goal because I think he just reads the marker late. He just doesn't realize that Corby has got away from him and made that turn. I think for Richmond, if I had to give the, if I had to give the season a grade right now, I'm going to C plus. And the reason why I'm going C plus is because we were my prediction was a home playoff game, defenders in the third top four. That was the prediction. You didn't do that, so I can't be like, oh, it's an A or B. The five-game winning streak helps, but the road playoff 
the, the road form hinders it. Our last three games are on the road. Mm-hmm. Union Omaha, Tucson twice. And if any one of those three games are at home, it does things is different. Does this team play different? Yeah, because this team has shown they play a lot different or at home than they do on the road. It's a building swap, building step for Sawaski. Um, I definitely think FC Tucson coach, his name is escaping me right now. He definitely uh, deserves to be. Oh, yeah. He definitely deserves to be in that team of the season category. I mean, coach of the season uh, conversation. I think Darren Sawaski could have been in it if the team could have gotten that home playoff game. Are you surprised that Oblata wasn't one of the three? Yes. I am surprised only because I feel like we knew Omaha and Greenville were going to be good. And they were good. I don't know how many people did thought Rich, not Richard, Chattanooga weren't going to be good. I definitely wasn't one of them. I thought Oblato was going to get canned midway through the season. And for the fact that he was consistently up there, and yes, they still finished third. I think they surpassed expectations along with Perlman over in Tucson. I thought he would have been, I thought he would have been one of the finalists, even, and then that would have caused a lot of salt to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. <sighs> I think the biggest takeaway from Tucson is is that they can win games either way. They can win games playing F one style, or they can play games in a roller derby, which they did. They did like literally they took the Richmond approach and made it work. Sit back, soak up a whole bunch of pressure, and then take one pop shot and win. That's all you need in the playoffs. Yeah, um, I think for Richmond, um, I mean we're definitely going to talk about this more on our live. End of the year show that we're going to do, our first ever live show. So make sure you watch that. Um, I, I think the thing for Richmond is definitely there are some question marks in some of the positions, but I think this is a positive step going forward. First playoff game in, I believe, five years. Yeah, five years. Um, so it's positive to that. Darren's first playoff game experience. Um. So yeah, it's only time you only can go from here, and we're going to year three of Sawatsi, so we'll definitely see. Um, but with, I, yeah, I would well, say for Tucson, it's definitely a maybe they they have the ideas and they can ex, they're executing their ideas somehow, which is good. I think for Richmond, it's you probably need one more if you could bring back both of the defense, you need one more attacker. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see how we'll see how that goes. We'll definitely see. Um, how that will be ebb and flow. So after that, we're going to wrap up with that. We're going to go into some of these awards, talk about have that great discussion. Um, we might burn some shit down. But real quick, if you're watching us, want to say thank you. We know it's late, whatever, wherever you're watching at. I'll just take a moment, like, share, subscribe, share with a friend, share with your supporters group. You know, we're trying to build this podcast because we're the only people that watch this league. We're the only people that covers this league. Yet the league don't want to ask us who should be in the team of the season. But that being said, you got or any the questions? award finalists. <laughs> yeah, right. If you got any questions, throw them in the chat, put them out there. We'll make sure to answer them during the podcast and everything like that. Share the link uh, to, to your supporters group. Have them hop on. Have them watch the show. Whatever it may be. But, Kyle, with that being said, man, um, first and foremost, we're going to go through a couple of these awards. We got my guy, Emilio Tizarga, winning player of the month. Uh, what do you think about this? Do you think it's fair? Do you think someone else might have missed out? Oh, boy. 
Yes, I think it's fine. Considering the amount of goals, considering everything, and maybe it is because Omaha had two players that were in contention and they split the votes. Okay. I mean, I, I get it. I get it. But here's what I will throw with that. Devin Boyce got the most fan votes, which makes sense. That carried 33% of it. The league voted Terzaghi. That was the difference maker. I don't know. And it seems like Terzaghi got all of the votes. So that tells me, I, I don't know. Again, whatever that means. And do and does Devin Boyce and Evan Conway both being there possibly hinder them? Probably. I still don't. It's not like this is... You know, if it was Josiah Trimingham, for example, and he had been on there and won the award, I would, first of all, laugh. But then that would be more of an argument. But it's like Terzaghi had a good month. Like, he had a decisive month where he was scoring game-winning goals left and right. He had five goals in the month of October. Like, it's not like he didn't have a good month. Right. <laughs> That's the thing about it. Like, you Omaha fans, I don't know, look, I understand you want to take every award every month, whatever it may be. You can't be mad about this month. Yes, you had two guys in the voting. And no one's taking anything away from them. They are great players. Excellent players. But this guy, without him, I'm nowhere near the playoffs. But we'll get to that. We will get to that. This is about player of the month. This is not about MVP. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say that. Um, I'm nowhere near this. Oh, God, what happened? Okay, yeah, no, I, it, I think... Boyce and Conway both being there hurt both of their chances. I do think that happened. Yeah. And I don't know. But, what the, weird, but the fact that the, everyone in the USL voted for Trizaghi probably says something about it. Yeah. And I don't know what just happened, but my computer started acting weird. All right, cool. So Joe Rice gets saved of the month. He had number 51. Um, what do you think about this? You think it's fair? I mean, he had some impressive saves, despite the red card. And also, I hit up Joe. He wants him to wants to let everyone know he is good. Um, he is in some pain, but he is getting better. And he is leaving Boston, apparently. Yeah. Um, any guesses where he's going? I'm saying somewhere warm. It's probably going to be his championship. Like he's good enough to be in the championship. I don't see him going to another League One side. Joe, let me, just let me say this: if uh. You want to come back to Richmond and you want to be the starter. I'm fine with it. Come home. (laughs) Come home, Joe. Come home. No, he's not coming home. He's going to champ. He's he's too good for League One. He should be in the championship. (laughs) Look, me and Joe are best friends, okay? That's fine. I'm just letting you know. I need Joe to come home. I need him to, to be part of the team. All right, so we get rid of that. Um, Zaka Moran, our number six, had goal in the month, which was deserved because this man doesn't score. <laughs> and? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't so? Who, I don't know who else is in the running. Uh, Conway had a goal with his hat trick, um, I think. 
the free kick, uh, Otiano. Oh, if okay. I mispronounced, I forgot it. Christian Enriquez with his free kick. Uh, Rothrock against, um, he had a goal. I think, I don't know if that wasn't the one against refs. I think that was a different match, but those are the other options. I'm just going to, I mean, that is a pretty good goal. I will admit. I was going to, I just want Christian Enriquez because I saw it live heading towards me. It was awesome. But I can't argue with that one. All right. And also, coach of the month, Mr. Harts. Uh, Good luck, Greenville. Yeah. Uh, Greenville, if you haven't heard the curse yet, every coach so far that has won League of the Month, coach of the month has had a losing record, correct? Yes. Uh, I think Tucson, they didn't have a losing record this month because they salvaged it with the win against Richmond at the end, but they still didn't have a good month. Yeah. They still only won, I think, two games. It's getting dicey. It's getting dicey. So, and yeah. One of the, yeah. It was not good. So, good. best of luck to them. All right. Well, where should we start? With the League One Awards or with the team of the season? Which one is going to piss more people off? I think the team, I feel like the team of the season pissed more people off than the awards, to be honest. Well, let's go ahead. We're going to start off with the first team. And let me minimize this a little bit so everyone can see it. You have Emiliano Terzago, Mario Lomez, Greg Hurst, Ricky Ruiz, Aaron Malloy, Marco Micheletto, Damian Vetter, Ryan Spalding, James Ramos, Kobe Franklin, and Akira Fitzgerald. It's a USL League One first team. Kyle, any uh, suggestions or any complaints on your part, sir? Complaints? Not really. No. Then that's, I think, going to piss people off. I don't see a major issue. And granted, I have not watched a lot of Ryan Spalding, and I will be the first to admit it. But when he finishes fourth in interceptions and won 60% of his duels and 66% of his aerial duels, I can at least understand it. So I am not going to sit here and look at it and be like, yeah, okay, fine. But everything else is fine. Everything else is fine. You really going to sit here and say everything else is fine? With the first team? Yeah. Okay. So I will say this. I guess I'm the one saying it's crazy. My, my two biggest issues. Kobe Franklin. I understand. Okay. Well, he, he has six assists. I get that. For first team? Okay, so who are you swapping out? I'm going to be real with you. I'm putting Noah Allen from Fort Madison. I mean, uh, Fort Lauderdale. Who didn't even make the third team. So you're taking a guy that didn't even make the third team and you're going to throw him in the first team. They didn't even have a third team, did they? No, they don't have it. That's my, no, that's what I'm saying. Like he's maybe third team and you're going to throw him in the first team. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like he had six assists. He had six assists. And still did pretty well in interceptions. Like, it's not like he was just... And I guess here's my thought process. If we're going to penalize him for his attacking input, then we can't also then say, okay, we're going to throw Villadera on there as well. If we're going to use the attacking input as the reason he's there. Like, that's the thing. You have to... It has okay. to be consistent. I, 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 okay. I, I get that point. Okay, I'm fine with that thing. Yeah. 
I th- okay, striker wise, Mario's Lomas. I personally would not have gone first team just because he scored the bulk of his goals at the beginning of the year, and then the second half of the year, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. As str- he wasn't a strong opponent in that Greenville team as he was at the beginning of the year, where he was scoring these goals and holding Greenville up. Yeah, but then my counterpoint is if you throw, say, Conway, he did a lot of his damage at the end of the year. And he was out there for the beginning of half. Part of it was injury. Part of it was mysterious. We don't know what the hell happened to him that no one ever told us what happened. So it's kind of like, yes, Mario Lomas started the season great and then tailed off at the end. But he was still like you still I can still see why he was there. I mean he still had 14 goals. Yeah. And great, yeah, he may have he may have started hot and then completely fell off at the end, but he still had like a very good season. <sighs> okay. All right, all right. Brian Spaulding, how do you feel about him being there in that position? Do you think him being on that resume is a strong do you think he had a strong enough year by outside of himself to be in the first team? Not really, no, but I will also admit I have not watched much Rev Sue when like I've not watched much of Ryan Spaulding, so I cannot sit here and be like, well, he shouldn't have been in because I don't think it was that good. I, I, I legit did not watch enough of him to be like, no, he should not be in. But if we're going based off again, if we're going off the statistics, which I think is what the league basically decided to do, it makes sense. I guess this is where then it comes to the I think the defense was always like the weirdest one because it was always a well how are we going to rank these guys and how are we going to pick them and what are we using I feel I feel like Viader was Viader and Ramos were going to automatically be in and then it was kind of like who do we what other two and if we're going with a fullback then yeah we'll go with Kobe Franklin if we're going with the center back I mean, we could go Turbo, we could go Muhammad, we could go so, Spalding, we could go Magalas or Chris. Like, there's, it's like I don't know. We just throw a guy out there. I will say this: I'm fine with him as second team. I don't think he's first team. I'm a Magalas should have been in one of these first team of the seasons. You can switch Magalas or Spalding, either one. I, I don't care. But Magalas deserved to be in. The rest of the first team I'm fine with. I think Akira gets it just because he leads the league in saves and clean sheets. Granted, he tailed off at the end of the year. If you were hearing my thoughts on that, watch our live show on Monday. Um, and, I mean, knew who was consistent throughout, but he didn't have – Akira doubled him in saves. And granted, knew whose defense was so great that he didn't face the volume of shots that the carry. Well, I was just about to say that it's kind of like what happened last year with Greenville. Yeah. It was like, was Dallas Jay really the best keeper, or did he just have the best defense? So it made him look better. Yeah. Um. So we move on to the second team, where we got uh, Gibran Rayo, Shahanda, uh, Evan Conway, Aaron Walker, Charlie Dennis, Devin Boyce, Noah Frankie, Connor. Connor Tobin, um, Muhammad, Brian Fickey, and Rashid Nuhu. Thoughts on the second team, my friend? This is where shit got interesting to me. Can I just take go a moment ahead. You go first. <laughs> and say, this is a bot, Kyle. I love you. 
you are like a very good friend to me. But I want you to know this pick right here is Dobbs. <laughs> and the only reason why they put that man in the team of the season is because he is retiring and he wanted to do something nice for y'all because y'all team had a shit season. The coach out here being messy and your team out here flexing muscles at, in the games. That's the only reason why they put this man in second team. They ain't no other choice. Are you done? I'm done. I just want to let I'm you just... know. I get where someone can make the argument. I, I said this on Twitter. I understand if someone could make that argument, and I understand in terms of statistics why he is there. I, I It is one of those where it's like, you can say he doesn't deserve to be there, and I'll be like, okay, yeah, fair. But I also see the statistics. I see what the hell that back line was. And I'm like, you know what? If we're going off of impact, I'm still going to ride with Turbo. And I feel like I still got to ride with the guy. Even if he is probably leaving, it's going to be unfortunate. But, yeah, I, I, it's one of those where it's like, yeah, okay, fine. I get your point, but I'm sticking with it. I'm, I am I will stand on that hill. And this is when people get pissed off at me. Uh, I, I just don't see it. I just don't. Like, don't get me wrong. He was the most... Is it worth being the second team of the season if you're if you're the most consistent player in a bad team? I, a case in point, Richmond Kickers 2019. Um, Joey G, the most consistent player in a terrible kickers team, and I don't even think he made team of the season. Or I I can't remember if he did or did not. I would have to quickly look that up, which but still goes to the point, like. Is it worth being like? Is this more of just like, all right, you were on such a bad team that we have to put you on there because you were consistent enough? I mean, if they really wanted to do that, then they would have thrown a North Carolina player out there. Like they could have thrown more. Like they could have easily have thrown that. So let's see. The fourth team was Tucson. No. It was Chattanooga. Yeah. The fourth team was Chattanooga. No, Chad no, the, Oh, the first thing. Well, yeah, my fault was Tucson. My bad. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Tucson, it was like they just had, and that's where you can maybe. The problem with Tucson was there was not a, other than Charlie Dennis, they didn't have a standout player. And I think that is why they didn't get as many team of the year selections because it was a more balanced approach. And Charlie Dennis was kind of the one that made it tick. Well, and also, like we always say, FC Tucson admin, I need more. <laughs> Put the look, Charlie Dennis is an amazing, an amazing assistant. If people don't remember, he started off in what Tormenta and yep, then he was in Tormenta and he was, yeah, 2019, he was in Tormenta. Yo, just real quick, just think about what that midfield would have been if it was now Charlie Dennis, Marco Micheletto, Neil Vignos. That possibly might have been the best midfield. And I'm looking <laughs> at the forwards for 2019's team of the year. Oh and my god. Joey Gariano wasn't first team. He was? Okay. I can't yeah, remember. He they listed him as a midfielder. <laughs> because the forwards were Stephen Beatty, Damis, and Perusa. And then Joey is listed as a midfielder with Moshabani and Arturo Rodriguez. And then the second team forwards were Jordan Jones, Pepe, and Paulo Jr. God, Whew. 
Yeah, that 2019 USL team of the year. I feel like they were defending people anywhere. Oh, they were just throwing dudes out there. Yeah, like that was a we're, we just need to throw dudes. Yeah. Was Cole Siler really that good? Huh. <laughs> um, he was on the first you, team. I mean, only person I felt like that could have has a, has the biggest gripe is Joe Rice, in my opinion. But anyone else you feel like? I feel like. Gallant Juan Galandres from Chattanooga probably feels a little hard done. I, I think it was a little harsh on him yeah, that he was not in there. Um, I mean Noah Allen is another one I think is one. Uh, Georgia Costa I think is another player that can you know say like, hey, like I was here. He was leading the league for an assist for a long time. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, most definitely he's one. Um, so, yeah, maybe at the end of the year we might do our own team of the season. Who knows? Are you, are you trying to get us to another shit show 20 notifications by 11 p.m. night? That's fine. I'll meet these <laughs> motherfuckers. Fine. I'm hitting send and I'm going back to being a family man. <laughs> I hate you, Kyle. Just, just like with most things in life, I will – Throw some chaos. I walk away from my phone and I come back and then I see what I created. Right. There it goes. Um, anything else on that before we move on to the player awards? No, I, I it would have been funny if they had picked a manager to like first team manager, second team manager. I, I think that would have been hilarious if they had done that. Oh god. <laughs> if Jane Mims didn't get first team. <laughs> Everything would have gone. I just need that to be messy. <laughs> um, all right, let's start off. Goalkeeper of the year. We got a Carefish Jared Rasheed, knew who Joe Rice. Who do you think wins goalkeeper of the year? It'll probably be new who because based off of how the league has given this award in the past, it goes to the goalie on the best defense who also wins the golden glove. Based off of how the league operates and has given the award in the past, it will be new who that will get the award. I think it goes to Akira. And that's not even me being funny. I just think it really just goes to him. The man faced 88, saved 88 shots this year. Had 10 clean sheets. They played all of one game because he was just like, oh, I'm going to give the young kid a chance against Fort Lauderdale. Like, don't get me wrong. And this is nothing to take away from Nuhu. I think Nuhu is an amazing goalkeeper. He is great. He will go down and, like, if we have a USL League One Hall of Fame, he will definitely go into it. I think it's just Akira's this year. I think it's his. I, granted, I know recent history – is going to creep in. But also, if you look at recent history, remember what he did during that five-game winning streak and the amount of saves that he had and the amount of chances he had. Like, Kyle, remember, there was one point we were talking about, like, can Akira get – can he kind of break the saves – I mean, clean sheet record. Like, we were having that conversation. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm i just saying, based off of how the league has given us the award in the past, it's going to go to whoever won the Golden Glove. It's going to be interesting to see who wins this award. Fans, let us know in the chat or tweet at us. And let I us know who you think. fire up the tweet right now. Bam, bam. All right. While Kyle's doing that, we're going to move on to Defender of the Year. We have 
Damian Vader, Jason Ramos, Kobe Franklin. Kyle, who do you think wins Defender of the Year, my friend? <laughs> oh, what God. if the league just fucks around and give it to Kobe and be like, eh. Honestly, that is what I'm – I honestly think the league is going to do. Like, I don't – I think that I feel like they'll give it to Ramos, and this is when I because I'm thinking they're probably I, I think they're gonna go with who was like defender, quote unquote, air quotes, defender, and this is why I think they'll give it to Ramos. I don't know where the, I again, I'm not sure what their definition of this is. I like I will laugh hysterically if Kobe Franklin wins it because I don't know what the league will use to justify it, but yeah. But like I can it is a toss up between Ramos and Viadere. I'm gonna go with I will give it to Viadere. I think he's been the best the best two blade, the best two way player in the USLE one. I think he's been the most outstanding player in USLE one. Not most valuable, most outstanding. Um, I think he, to me personally, I, I said this to you on my fans before for what I've seen watching him. He spends a lot of energy in attack, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's a great player in attack. I think he's misclassed as a fullback. I really think he's more of a wingback slash winger. Um, defensively, I think he's a, above average. I think uh, attacking, I think he's excellent. I really think he'll probably win the award just because of the offensive output that he had and how much he contributed to that attack. Jason Ramos is a close second. Don't get me wrong, dude is a is is a good defender. Like he's he's a he's probably the best center back in USL League One. Yes. Um. And I'll be very shocked if he does he go to USL Championship um, next year. Um, but, Same with Viadere. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked. But I, I just think it's just Viadere's award. I think it's his. Um, yeah, I think Viadere is like a – he is the modern wing back more than a fullback. It's just in a back four, you just have to put him because of – and because of who Omaha has in their attack. Yeah. They just they he's too talented not to be on the field, so they just threw him in left back. But realistically, he would probably be a wing back or a winger, depending on the team's other options. If Viadere was in South Georgia, he would be a winger. Yes, but because he's in Union Omaha, it isn't. Stacked if Viadere was in Madison, he would be a winger. He would be our striker. No, I don't want to. I don't want to. Put that out. He'd be he'd be the winger. He'd be a Cal, that man will lead your team in scoring. Be real. All it takes is like seven goals. Anyway. Cal, you got a goddamn center back and striker. And you know what? That dude was scoring goals. It was great. That was a great time. <laughs> Craig is messy, okay? Folks, real quick. If you have not listened to, to uh what's it called? Talking flocking? Yeah, talking flock, yeah. Listen to him. And just listen to the Craig interview. And listen how messy that man got. I swear, I think he was drinking halfway through that podcast. Uh, it's mm, messy. The word coach of the year, Kyle. Here we go. We got John Perlman, John Harks, Jay Mims. I, I would mean, go with Perlman. 
I think Oblada should be on there, but I'm gonna pick with I'm gonna pick Perlman because compared to expectations of what you expect, he exceeded those. He took a team that probably most people had little faith in and made them a playoff team, a fourth seed. He did a hell of a job coaching. And again, we've even said they don't have that many standout players. Like Shaq Adams, we thought would do better. You know, we like Shaq Adams. Corfi is a solid player. Dennis is good. Dennis is really good. But it's not like he was working with guys that people know. So he, the fact that he's able to do that and win and get on a hot streak and get to a four seed, and now he's in a semifinal, I give it to Perlman. Because relative to expectations, he did the best job. Yeah. Yeah. Perlman started but off. I think it really should coach, be Oblata. Right? I really think it should be Oblata. I think Oblata should have replaced Harks, in my opinion. I mean, you could have he could have replaced either of those two, and it would have been fine. But it, I truly think Oblata should have been. I, no, I, I I think Mims is fine where he's at because of the fact of he he held it to expectations, and that's hard to do. You know, that's hard to do when you're consistently one two at the top of the year. Most of the most of the year, Perlman started off as, a, as an intern. I mean, as an interim. Because remember, Tucson had a different head coach. Fired right, he didn't even have the job. <laughs> Relative expectations, he was just the dude that were like, okay, you're, I guess you're taking over. Here you go, take good luck. Right, Harks on the other hand, I wasn't too sure about. I, I'm not, I'm not sure about him as coach of the year this year. Yes, he did an excellent job of turning that Greenville ship around, but it was more so because they had injuries. And that led to poor form. But Hawks didn't do anything spectacular. That Thursday, I mean, that Tuesday fell into that lap because other teams were falling down. You're welcome. <laughs> FC Tucson, on the other hand, at the middle of the year, and the start of the year, everyone would have told you, oh, Tucson's going to be ninth. And here they are going against Union Omaha this weekend. So, We'll see you for this one. Um, young player of the year. You got Sean Hondal, Kobe Franklin, Noah Allen. What you think about here? Uh, I, I I guess I would say Kobe Franklin. Yeah. So I'm gonna disagree. Like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Sean Hondal. Yeah, that's. Fair, <laughs> like I'm not gonna say I'm not passionate enough to argue this one. It's like, I mean, the only reason why is because I ended up watching a lot of Fort Lauderdale games because of the fact of how crazy their games were. I mean, they were chaotic, but out of the three, I think Hondal, if he was on a different any other team, I think he would have scored more. I, I think the problem with Hondal was he always had games where he would score two goals or no goals. Yeah, that's true. He, like he that, I, I feel like he was never consistent. Like he had the, he might score two goals in this match, but he might disappear for three matches after that, and then he'll pop up with another two goals and then disappear. And then at the end of the season, he w- scores two goals against TFC two. It, it's just that's. I think he just wasn't consistently scoring. It was just he would score in bunches. I probably would honestly throw JT Camara instead of Noah Allen. Yeah, but I, JT, the thing that hurts JT is that he missed so many games. True. And, they, you know, he wasn't even the 11 at some point. So I, I get it, definitely, because I, if anyone knows, I know. If he's not in that um, North Carolina team, that North Carolina team is probably in the second digit when it comes to points. Yeah. 
So yeah, this this is gonna be an interesting award to see. I mean, all of these three are great players. No Allen, I would love to have him um as a fullback option next year. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, and I think is this the last one? Yep. Most valuable player. Here we go. <laughs> on, I, I just want to start this with saying if Air Malloy wins, I'm gonna cackle for days because um, of the absolute shit show that will happen on the app and how mad everyone's going to be. It would be the funniest shit in the world to me. Just seeing everyone lose their collective shit over it. It would be hilarious. I will just laugh. I'm just I, I'm just gonna cackle. I'm just gonna laugh. Like if Air Malloy wins it, I'm going to laugh at every single one of you because I know how mad each and every single one of you're gonna do. And then it's going to turn into trying to make kit joke and, and it's just gonna see how much salt and then who gives a hoot is gonna have nine more months of material to talk about. And it's just going to be funny seeing everyone lose their shit if okay. Aaron Malloy wins. You have Aaron Malloy. <laughs> Emiliano Terzaghi, Damian Villadere. I'm going to tell you this right now, Kyle. I understand Aaron Malloy is important to your team. He had an excellent season. Take nothing away from that. He had a very, very strong year. But there's no way this man is more important than Marco Micheletta. There's no way. The only argument I can see for it is without Marco Bucolotto, Tormenta is dead last. And without Air Malloy, Ford Madison is 11th. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I am curious to see wh- who what was the thought process for the third finalist. I, I would love to know what the thought process was for the third finalist. Without Air Malloy, Ford Madison is where they are. No, they're lower. They're much lower. No, y'all yes. where y'all are. No. Y'all where y'all are. Without Micheletto, South Georgia is tied for dead last. Now, between these two, because I ain't even, I'm not even talking about it. I, I need that to happen just for shits and giggles. <laughs> between these two, between Emmy and Viader, I can see arguments for both. Yep. If you take Viadere out of Union Omaha, does it impact Union Omaha as taking M- Emmy out of Richmond? No. Because if you take Viadere out of Omaha, Omaha is probably still a top three team. If you take Terzaghi out of Richmond, Richmond is probably closer to Ford Madison in terms of like standings, maybe eighth or ninth range, maybe even tenth. I don't know. Like we're talking, like this is where the most valuable player. It goes to the the, the keys. The key word is the second one, valuable. Terzaghi is more valuable to Richmond than Viadere is to Omaha. Now, if there was a player of the season, then that's where Viadere. Then it would go to Viadere, in my opinion. Yeah. But if you're going valuable in terms of what their impact is for the team, it's Terzaghi. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think speaking as a Richmond fan, I'm going to tell you right now, without Emmy, 
You. It's 2019 all over again. Junior Omaha, I understand how much you love this man. Yeah, you might right, as well you're going to have to explain how it's like 2019 all over again. I will need you to explain that. What, 2019 Richmond? Oh, I thought you were saying the 2019 MVP. I was like, no, that was pretty fucking obvious. <laughs> no, 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 no. 2019 Richmond. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was bad. Without you, all my hands, you, 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 all my hands would be in there. You better get, you love them because you only got two more games with them because the boy's gone. <laughs> he gone. I just can't see, I just can't see MVP for him. That's just me, but it takes nothing away from him. He's a great player. I just don't need you, you Omaha fans getting pissy on the timeline in case he doesn't win. Now, if he wins, oh, blow that shit up. Blow the internet up. <laughs> blow that bitch up. Just send every moment. Up. I, I want everyone to tag me in their angry tweets so I can have a good laugh. That is would, that is my gift to you all. Tag me in every angry of tweet. how he won if he wins every year. I I gotta hear it. I, I will try and do a I will try and do something with Air Malloy and we can just read off the tweets and that could maybe be some good old content. Like I will find like tag me in all those tweets because I'm going to sit and laugh and have a beer and just enjoy my day at how angry everyone gets. Oh, you know who will come from? We're gonna come from now. Oh, I know. And that's gonna be the funniest part about it. <laughs> and it well, it's not gonna come, it's gonna mainly come from Omaha, but everyone's gonna be pissed and it's gonna be funny. Like Tucson will have a r- bunch of fans out of nowhere in my mentions about it. Great value Millwall will somehow find a way into this conversation and be in my mentions about it. <sighs> Phoenix, hell, we might even get Phoenix rising in it. I, it will be the funniest shit in the world. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. All right, Kyle, let's go ahead. Let's talk about these previews about this week's upcoming games. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. So first (laughs) game we got 5 p.m. We got Union Omaha versus FC Tucson. Kyle, what are you expecting from this game, my friend? This is going to either be the highest scoring game in USL League One history or it's going to be an Omaha blowout because Tucson has the strategy and the tactic to win. Sit back, absorb pressure, go on a counter. That is possibly the best way to try and beat Omaha. But does Tucson have the guys to do it? Kinda. I just think their F1 style, like go fast style, is it going to work on that pitch? And I think Omaha just has more talent. I will say it's a 2-0 Omaha win. I think Tucson has the right idea on how to do it. I just don't think they're going to be able to execute it. Oh. All right. So I haven't played FC Tucson. I've seen they can play F1 ball, and I've also seen they can play Roland Army ball. Their goalkeeper, I think, something has to go into the fact of let, – let me say – let me also talk about this. He, he defended really well. 
everything's on Union Omaha. Is it all the Union? All, everything, all the pressures on Union Omaha. I think they're the team coming into the playoffs with the most amount of pressure. I think Union Omaha is a team with the lowest expectation, and they are playing with house money, and that's a dangerous team to play. You mean Tucson's with the lowest expectation? I mean, yeah, lowest money. expectation. Okay, I was like, I don't know how Omaha has the lowest expectation. My fault. My fault. FC Tucson is late. I'm tired. Um, I think. I think FC Tucson, and I, I say this is the game plan going on too. Is pretty much do what you did against Richmond, and force you your Omaha's hand, and force them to. You're, you're, it's a dual-edged sword, either way. Because if FC Tucson goes in that hella attacking, you're opening stuff to Utah, Union Omaha. If you oh, sit that, back, that is a death wish. That is a death yeah, wish. If you sit back, you're giving Union Omaha the ball. So also, it's kind of like death wish. <laughs> what's, the lesser, what's, what's, what's the better of the two evils? Sit back, force Union Omaha's hand, and frustrate them and get into them. Union Omaha has struggled the most when teams have been physical with them and allowing them to be on the ball, i.e. North Texas, um, Fort Madison, Chattanooga. Chattanooga. So I think that's your best chance of doing that. Can I see FC Tucson pull out the upset? Yes. Sure. Do I think they will? I think if they follow the script I just said, they will. I God. Because I know I'm over myself something tweets from somebody if I say this. All right, you know what? Whatever. I got F- FC Tucson in an extra time. Oh. 2 1. I think the pressure gets to Union Omaha a little bit. I think they kind of almost start forcing it, almost like Chattanooga, North Texas. And. I'm just saying, this is the first playoff game ever in Union Omaha history. It was the first play. We see what they've done to teams. It is weird that other than Greenville and North Texas, everyone else had their first playoff game in USL League One. Yeah. Like, this is Omaha's first playoff game. Last week was Tucson's. Last week was Chattanooga's. And, yeah, it is it is odd that. A I lot mean, of because 2019, this. it was. Well, 2019, there's four teams. One no yeah. longer exists. Yeah, and y'all was in it. Yep. Twenty twenty, it was no football uh, final. There was no. I mean, this no. year, it's, 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 I mean, it kind of is Richmond too because no one else is was yeah. around from the first from twenty sixteen. So it's kind of Richmond as well. It, I, I do wonder how much can these guys handle cold weather? How many of them for both sides? I mean, you almost you kind of used to it by this point. Maybe, but I mean. They've had a few matches lately that have been a little chillier, but like it's it's still going to be cold as fuck down there. I think I could be wrong, and they can correct me. But I, I, if it's anything like it is up, if it's the Midwest, I'm I think it's going to be cold. No, I'm so I, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with FC Tucson. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Saturday is supposed to be a low of 35, so it'll probably be somewhere in the 40s or on the match side. <laughs> All right. Um, next game we got is Greenville versus Chattanooga, the game that ultimately was played for second place. 
Um, Kyle, who do you have in this game, my friend? Sorry, I'm just looking at the poll for who's the MVP and Dares uh, <laughs> in the last. <laughs> Sorry, it's just funny. Look at the poll and it's like, oh. Anyway, um, I have this one going into added extra time, and I have Greenville winning on penalties. Say that one more time. Greenville's winning on penalties. Oh. It's going to extra time. It's going to go to penalties, and Greenville will win on penalties. Oh. All right. I, th- I feel like Chattanooga is going to go in and be content with trying to make it go to pens. I think that I think it's a one-one game. Because I think Chattanooga will be totally content trying to hold off and not wanting to expose themselves. I think it's and we know Harks is going to try and get the one zero and immediately shut shop. See, and I think it's the other way. I think Greenville is going to sit back and play how they play. I think Greenville is going to be on attack. Greenville is going to be trying to force. I mean, Chattanooga is going to be trying to force Greenville's hand. I wonder how the red card or Ortiz affects things because do you then do you move Ruiz up? I mean, I may believe um, it's going to be interesting to see. I think this comes down to what actually is on their no, day. Wait, what am I thinking? No, it's going to be Greenville wins, not on penalties because I forgot that Chattanooga just played 120 minutes and Greenville's rested. I'm sorry, 1 0 Greenville. I just remember, I was like, wait, they played 120 minutes the week before, and they're going on the road, and Greville is going to be rusted. Why? I don't know why. I think it was the other way around, and Omaha's playing Chattanooga, and Greenville's playing Tucson. I can see that. Anyway, Greenville's still winning regardless. We're getting, we're getting the final we should have gotten last year. I don't think we are. I don't really think... This is the hardest game to pick. Out of all the games we pick, this is the hardest game because these teams are so goddamn even. This is the harder one to pick out of the two semifinals. Right, because this is Greenville's first home playoff game, and this is Chattanooga's. Chattanooga's now, have they gotten the monkey off their back? But we've also seen from Chattanooga that they'll put the monkey on the back themselves. Yeah, I was going to say, Chattanooga's playing with house money. Like, the expectations for Chattanooga are low. It's like, if you win, you go to the final, good job. If you lose, no one's expecting. No one, not a lot of people are expecting you to win. I trust Greenville more in this situation just because of Hearts. Because he's yes. been in this moment. He's the only coach in USLE when to be in the playoffs, quote-unquote, three years in a row. I trust him in this moment. I think he does enough. I think it really comes down to which goalkeeper is on their day, and I trust Greenville's goalkeeper a little bit more than I trust Chattanooga's goalkeeper. Um, I was just thinking I trust – I mainly trust Greenville's defense more than I trust Chattanooga's defense, despite Ramos being there. Yeah. And So you have a USL League One final of Union Omaha Greenville, the final we were expecting last year. I have FC Tucson versus Greenville with Greenville hosting. You know how crazy it's going to be if uh, <laughs> if FC Tucson is actually in that final? Oh, man. Oh, 
bad. Somehow it's Ford Madison's fault. <laughs> um. Yeah. Somehow it will be Ford Madison's fault if FC, FC Tucson wins. Don't ask me how. I mean, no, it'll really be Richmond's. We let them get home field and run gunshot over everybody. Well, no, it, it, by some way, it's going to be, you know, there's that theory of how a conversation, if it devolves long enough, it be, it gets to the Nazis. It's going to be like that, but it, it just gets to Ford Madison. I, I got to think of a new name. I got to think of a theory for it, but. Also, Kyle, you mean to tell me if I want to piss you off enough, I just have to have peanut butter from you? I've meant to bring this up at the start of the pot. Yeah, don't fuck with my peanut butter. Don't fuck with my coffee. Don't fuck with my peanut butter. So you eat peanut butter toast in the morning? Yeah. That is some Wisconsin shit. Who the fuck eats peanut butter in the morning? Me, because you know what? That's an easy thing to make. It doesn't take that much time. I can take it on the go. It is a great option. It is tasty. It is filling. It is easy. Anyone can do it. I can throw the bread in the toaster. I can get my kid dressed. I can come out. The bread is toasted. I throw peanut butter. I grab the bread. I grab the child. I get him in the car. I eat while I drive to drop him off at daycare. Boom, breakfast. And you know what? If you're in a pinch for lunch and you're lazy, peanut butter jelly sandwich. Problem solved. If you want a snack, peanut butter toast. You want to have an apple? Throw peanut butter on that shit. I have a good week, USL League One. <laughs>